Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude Christ's discourse known as the Sermon on the Mount. The conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount contains two commands. The first is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, which instructs us to enter through the narrow gate. The second command is found in chapter 7, verse 15, which warns us to beware of false prophets. These scary words from Jesus leave no room for doubt that he demands of every person a decision about him. It's a binary decision, accept or reject, believe or ignore, heaven or hell, one way or the other, there is no middle ground. There are many voices that proclaim false messages about the way to heaven. Today we see the final descriptions of the importance of entering through the narrow gate and learning to beware of the false prophets. Please listen to today's slice of Pastor Jim's message entitled, Jesus' Scariest Words. Jesus had a half-brother, several of them, who uh, did not believe in him during his life, actually wanted to make him go away. But they came to the Lord after, you know, if you (coughs) resented your brother who was always right, your older brother, and then he rose from the dead, that would get your attention. It did. They came to faith. One of those half-brothers is James, who became the leader of the church of Jerusalem. And he wrote his little epistle, and he said the same thing that Jesus said. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. He's saying exactly what Jesus did. If you hear these words of mine and you build upon the rock that they are, you'll stand. Otherwise, you won't. Receiving God's word in such a manner that it becomes implanted is analogous to just building your spiritual house on the rock. Let it take you over, if you will. Or the way the Apostle Paul put it in Colossians chapter 3, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. Not just lip service, let it change you. And by the way, neither James nor Jesus was teaching salvation by works in this, in this passage. As a, if anything, this passage teaches us that, that your works will do nothing for you because it's not the building itself that determines whether you stand or fall, it's the foundation, what you built upon. The basis for our survival of judgment is about whether or not the spiritual house is built on the rock. And remember, he said, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Well, how could these preachers, how could these people that talk about the Bible all the time, how could they be lawless? Well, if they truly believed the law... The law would tell them about their sin and drive them to the Savior, and they would build their house on the rock, which is Christ. 
and the foundation of the rock, which is His Word. The whole determining factor is whether or not it's built upon the rock. Now, there is a postscript to this great sermon, verses 28 and 29. Look at this. When This is no longer Jesus talking now. This is part of Matthew's inspired recollection and, uh, and record of this. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at His teaching, for He was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Now, what does that tell you? It tells you that all those people that were teaching, they were false teachers. People had never heard anything like what Jesus said. They taught works righteousness. You become righteous by doing your works, and therefore God accepts you. And Jesus had said countless times, no, that's not the case. Now, all that we've heard through this sermon, I know you've heard my words, and I don't mean just this sermon today, I mean this Sermon on the Mount. Um, You've heard my comments, I've tried to help you understand it, but this is not an opinion. This is what God says to all of us. And notice it says, they were amazed at His teaching. Amazed, the word literally means something like stricken out of themselves. Various translations in English have struggled to try to find the best way to put that into English. Among them are, they were filled with amazement, stunned, astonished, astounded, awed, or dumbfounded. The Amplified New Testament says, they were astonished and overwhelmed with bewildering wonder. Why? Because Jesus was so different from their religious leaders. For one thing, He spoke the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He didn't evade anything. He didn't hem and haw about it and say, well, there's seven opinions of this and I go with rabbi number four. Nope. No politicking, no mincing words. He presented matters of great significance, didn't skirt anything, talked about life and death, he didn't get hung up on trivialities. His teaching was systematic. There, there was no rambling. He just pointed the, to the truth and he gave evocative presentations of the truth, perfectly illustrated. His teaching was interesting and compelling. People came from all around just to hear Him. Just on a human level, He was that compelling. Never mind that He was God and He was speaking matters of eternal life and death, masterful in His use of words. He spoke as a lover of men. This wasn't just academic. This wasn't theoretical. This wasn't philosophical. He knew that He was going to go to a lonely cross And he was going to die for those to whom he was preaching. This was real. And he spoke with authority. This is direct revelation from God. Not philosophizing about different ideas and different theories. He he poured out streams of living water, to use one of his own 
metaphors. So when you come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the obvious question is, what will you do with the words of Jesus? The advertisements say you don't want to leave home without your American Express card, but for the sake of your soul, for all of eternity, I beg you don't leave here this morning without putting your life squarely on the foundation of Jesus Christ, the rock of salvation, committed fully to His completed, inscripturated Word. That is what He calls you to. Leave your baggage at the turnstile, like we said back in verse 13. And by the way, once you let it go, you're going to be happier without it. Don't rebel at the difficulty of the way. Trust Jesus to be with you. He will enable you every step of the way. And if you hear anybody preach that you should come to Jesus so that you can get your uncomfortable things made comfortable, that you can get your health, that you can have your wealth. If you hear anybody say, come to Jesus so you can have your best life now, you are listening to a fraud. Everybody who preaches a gospel of comfort is preaching a gospel from Satan. It's not about us being comfortable. I can tell you that God promises that if you come to Him, if you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, which means building your house on the foundation, you will be persecuted because everybody who hates Jesus will hate you. And the whole world lies in the hands of the enemy. It's the narrow gate. It's the constricted way. There are difficulties along the way. If you want to hear a, read a, a fantastic, massive exposition of, based upon this text, go read Pilgrim's Progress again. That's what he was talking about. Look forward to your destination. You don't become a Christian in order to have a cool life now the way you want it to be. You come to, a Christian, you come to be a Christian in order to honor Christ, in order to follow Him. And trust me, if you keep your eye on that destination, like the writer of Hebrews says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, you keep your eyes, if you will, to use the, 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 the trivial metaphor, keep your eye on the prize, it's worth it. When you hear His voice say, well done, good and faithful slave, you won't care about any of the difficulties that you've faced in this life. It will be rewarded in the presence of God forever beyond anything you could dream. Along the way, there will be many attacks. There will be many seductive voices trying to woo you from the path. But remember, you have everything you need for life and godliness and the true knowledge of His Son, and it's all revealed in His Word my friends, these are indeed Jesus' scariest words. And remember, He especially focused on the ones who were the most religious people the world ever knew at that time. He singled out their scribes as false teachers. He told them that their version of righteousness would never get anybody there. You must have something completely surpassing that form of works righteousness. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.